what's your How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know what This is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast, the podcast inspiring young rock and metal fans to discover new music and feel your desire to connect and feel accepted. Happy 420, everybody. Ooh, yeah, that feels good. And we got one hell of an episode for you today talking about crazy good music, talking about crazy good shows, breadsticks. And staying ahead of the curve. Where could this all go? Many great places. Before we jump into it, though, I want to say two things. First thing is, yeah, I know I'm not wearing a Rise Against shirt right now. I had a business call that I had to look more businessy right before I record this episode. But I got to say, I think I look good in this. Secondly, I want to thank the support for this podcast, which comes from Phoenix Fitness. So you guys know, again, I love going to those crazy shows where pits are going to be flying. Mosh pits, I mean. And they're going to be popping up everywhere. And I'm going to be like a kid on Christmas that's like five years old and sees that bike wrapped up under the tree. And I see my eyes like, oh, I must get it. Yay. And just dive head first into it. Yep. And in order to do that, I got to make sure I stay mosh pit fit. Yeah. So what does mosh pit fit mean? For me, mosh pit fit means being able to start the show in the pit from the beginning of the first band and go all the way to the end of the headliner and not take a break in between. So that's going to require a lot of cardio on my part and a lot of weightlifting on my part to make sure that I can go the distance deliver the hits I need to deliver, but also take some of those hits because some of those guys are really freaking big and strong in that pit. I'm looking at you, Nate. I'm looking at you. So I got to make sure I'm getting mosh pit fit and achieving my fitness goals as well. Your fitness goals might be the same thing or they might be a little bit different, but we all want to achieve those fitness goals some way or another. If you want to get mosh pit fit with me, that's what you got to do. But you also have to make sure you're preparing right and recovering right. And that's where Phoenix Fitness comes in. They have different types of supplements to help you that like different types of pre-workout, both stim and stim free. I use their stim free stuff because guys, I don't need any more energy than I do already. I've got enough energy. I don't need any caffeine. I'm just get me going. They also have different types of b cellular recovery compounds to help you absorb muscle or nutrients in your muscles post-workout, different types of creatine help you build muscle, different types of protein help you build muscle, whey protein, collagen-based protein, plant-based protein. I use their chocolate malt-flavored whey because that's just good stuff. Multivitamins and literally anything you might need to achieve your fitness goals, Phoenix Fitness has for you. So our listeners to the podcast and viewers on YouTube get 20% use the code CPP20 at fnxfit.com link description of the podcast to say mosh pit fit. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Now to our feature presentation, Breadsticks, Staying Ahead of the Curve, and Kick-Ass Music. It's Jeremy from Earth Groans. Everybody, are you ready? Let's go! Yeah! Well, 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 ladies and boys and girls, listeners of the Chord Progression Podcast. You know on this podcast, we love to talk about music in the rock and metal scene, and we like to go towards the heavier direction as well at times because... When you get the heavier direction, it's going to be fun, it's going to be loud, it's going to be a blast, and this is absolutely no exception to that rule. From a metalcore side of things, with a band influence kind of in that Christian hardcore scene like The Chariot and Norma Jean, they've released their brand new EP earlier in March called Tongue Tied, and if you want a five-song EP that's just going to smack you hard in the face with some great <laughs> heavy music, this is going to be the one to go for. So please, please, Please welcome Jeremy from the band Earth Groans to the podcast. So, Jeremy, welcome to the Core Progression Podcast. Yo, yo, yo. What's up? Thanks for having me, dog. I appreciate you. Thanks for being on, man. How has everything been going in your world? It's been about maybe over a month since the EP has been released by the time this episode comes out. So, how has everything been going on your end, especially with the EP being out there, people getting a chance to really listen to it and enjoy the heaviness that it brings? Dude, so far it's been great. Um, we were out on tour 
uh, we just got back this last week here. And um, so we did get to, we got to release that record while we were on tour, which is great. Uh, Cause we got to see some of the, you know, the reaction of some of the music that we were playing on this latest tour. Um, so that was really cool. Uh, so far, what I've seen online has been really, really great and really encouraging. Uh, fans have been super supportive and uh, overall I got no complaints. So uh, hoping that, you know, it keeps rolling on. I think that's a good way to put it. It's like overall got no complaints to the point where you can just enjoy what you've created and pe you can see people enjoy it as well. Plus in that tour you're just on, being able to play it, being able to gauge the reaction from people in the live setting and to see how that interaction was going to go between yourself, the rest of the band and the fans. I mean, that's yeah. got to be something that's special, especially with people really getting into it, really feeling the heaviness of it and enjoying it every step of the way. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, I kind of am a little disappointed in myself because I didn't get to see you guys play on tour for this one. So I'm going to blame myself for that one because, you know, listening to it, my favorite thing to do at those concerts is, or at those live shows, I see that pit start to form. And I'm like <sighs> a little kid on Christmas. It's just like, if a pit is forming, I'm like a five-year-old seeing a bike wrapped up under the Christmas tree. It's just like, <gasps> yeah! and I'm just going headfirst right in there. So I'm a little disappointed myself I didn't get to see you guys on this latest run. Yeah, no worries. I mean, we were, man, I think the closest, we played Chicago, which that's probably like, what, two, three hours from you? It's about an hour and a half, and I'm one okay. to consistently go down to Chicago for shows. You know, yeah. it, it's like a once or twice a month thing for me, so gotcha. it, it, I should have done it. It's all good. I mean, we're hoping to do a lot of touring this year um, and next year, I guess. Uh, so, you know, I'm sure you'll get another opportunity. I hope so, man, because again, after listening to it and knowing how I like to go to shows, it, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting to go in there, have a blast. And if for some reason I get end up, end up getting hurt, well, you know what? That's just part of it. <laughs> yeah. Part of doing business. Part of doing business, having fun. One thing I did find interesting about it was especially calling the album or the EP tongue tied. I was mm -hmm. going through the whole press release of it. And when it comes to, we always think about tongue-tied as, you know, can't get the words out. Maybe you're just kind of fun right. with your words. But there was actually something legitimate with tongue-tied that you experienced yes. legitimately. So so if everyone gets to know about it, like, what was that? And if you remember a lot about that, like, what was it like to kind of have to deal with that? Right. Well, I was it, it, I was born with it. And they, per, uh, okay, long story. Uh, so... <laughs> Tongue, the 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 term tongue tied it, it come yeah it's like the common saying of like our metaphor or whatever saying they can't get your words out and stuff but it actually comes from a, a medical term where the that skin underneath your tongue uh it comes up like all the way to your bottom teeth and so you're not able to move your tongue correctly um and so i was born this way i was born tongue tied um and if not uh corrected like right upon birth you know or whatever um i would not be able to develop speech correctly i would not be able to move my tongue you know um so anyway so they did the procedure right away at birth so i don't remember any of it but apparently it's pretty barbaric and they just take a scissors and then they just start hacking away at you um and, and my mom uh, my mom says that's where I got my scream from because she's she said she's never heard a baby cry so loud as is when you know they were cutting away at my tongue. I mean, there's no numbing, nothing. They're just like start hacking, the, you know, away. But um, so yeah, so I was actually born tongue tied. 
And that, that's kind of a crazy thing to think about, too, where for a lot of us, I mean, we don't even ever think about that's a possibility or anything that could happen right. to us. Because when we think, you know, we, we were born and all of a sudden, you know, tongues are just tongues. It's just the way it is. Right. But yep. that is kind of something crazy to see that, you know, that's how you were born. And then the first thing that happened, you were born. Doctors know said, OK, we got to go all, you know, barbaric medical procedure. <laughs> right. Get the scissors out. We're hacking away at this. Yeah. And the first thing you did coming into this world was screaming and basically you started working <laughs> on being a vocalist off. from birth dude i was i came out the womb spitting bars <laughs> <laughs> how many people can say that i mean just just think about it there's so many musicians out there it's like oh yeah i've been doing it since you know we were three years old or i picked up my first guitar when i was two or i picked up the drums and started banging on pots and pans when i was one years old no 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 from like the first 10 minutes of you being officially yeah. bored, you were already working on screaming and being the best singer you possibly could be with the genre of music that you love. Honing my craft. <laughs> I, you could literally say that you are the, uh, you like, I'm trying to think of the best way to put it. It's not like the oldest musician ever, but it's like, I've been, when I'm saying I've been doing this the longest, when it comes to the grandest scope of life, I literally have been doing it the longest. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it just baffles my mind so when it came to just like kind of using that feeling or using that concept as the inspiration for the whole entire ep did you really write like when it came to the ep kind of calling it tongue-tied writing the lyrics on it or going through the instrumentals putting it all together when it came to just kind of like the thematic feel of it was it around that feeling of being tongue-tied and kind of some of the more normal tropes that we kind of think about it the way our brains are wired to just thinking about our you know not being able to get the words out correctly or maybe just we're feeling a little bit more you know held back because of different premonitions like what was the themes for this ep because i kind of want to see how it ties into this whole entire idea of being tongue-tied right um so yeah the i just used that metaphor you know uh it's been a constant metaphor for me like kind of through my life where um you know i've had so i was I'm the black sheep of my family, um, born into a really small farm town community kind of thing. And uh, I'm all tattooed and pierced and listening to metal, wearing black and stuff like that. So um, I didn't have uh, a great time uh, relating with, with people growing up and I didn't have a great time communicating and stuff. Um, and so I had this constant feeling of like not being able to communicate the way that I wanted to communicate because I didn't feel understood. Um, and it wasn't until music that I really found that like, oh, this is where my voice lies. This is how I communicate. This is how, you know, I get these um, these thoughts and these like these words from my heart out, you know. And so in a sense, that's where you know, I get my voice is through music. And uh, so the whole record, I wouldn't say the whole record is all based around this, but a lot of the record has to deal with um, just this feeling of being tongue tied or this feeling of being restrained or whatever. And like really fighting through all of that on everything that comes with that. So it is, um, it's kind of a heavier, like musically and lyrically it is a lot of it's pretty heavy because it's just dealing with a lot of hurt and a lot of frustration and when i think about that too kind of relating it to the music scene as a whole and relating it to a lot of people that are in the music especially specifically the rock and metal scene and when it comes to the heavier side of music as well 
there's a lot of people that really feel a lot of the same way where if we like the heavier music, if we like something that has a little bit of that darker feel to it or just something that isn't necessarily a part of culture as, you know, some of the other music, maybe like country music or pop music or hip hop, whatever it is, it's tougher to kind of relate to people on a whole because, again, it's just the more prominence is out there. So you feel more restricted. You feel less connected. You feel a bit more quiet. It's like you can't really get the words out to people and maybe connect with them in a certain way because right. the way you feel and the way you're taught to see things might be different from them. And that could go in anything else. Well, but I know with the rock and metal scene, it's definitely something where it is a little bit tougher just based on the music that we like, the solve it, and just connecting with other people because it's easier for people that like pop music to connect with hip hop. It's not as easier for people that like pop music to connect with people that, you know, love anything that really has the, has unclean vocals, has a hardcore metalcore, maybe deathcore feel to it. It's a much right. different sound. It's a much different trope, but it's something where when we find that community, when we're able to actually connect with it, the feeling of being tongue tied does go away because now we're seeing so many other people and connecting with so many other people that have gone through so many similar things with you. And we create that family vibe and that community that so many people have maybe not had in their lives up until that point. Right. Yeah. And uh, the last song kind of touches on that. Um, the last song on the EP is called Discordant Symphony. And it just talks about basically when all of us come together with this community and we are able to speak freely or, or you know, use our voice freely. Um we create this symphony of like this beauty because like we're we are being who we are meant to be and we're doing it like together you know so it's a it's a beautiful thing yeah because even when i was looking at uh discord and symphony i kind of thought about you know thinking about making changes in life the way that you want to see it it's kind of maybe going against the status quo maybe what society is kind of pressuring you to go towards especially when it comes to the rock and metal scene as well you go to these shows you go to these festivals and there's a lot of people there that don't necessarily fit i would say quote unquote fit into the certain boxes that society has set apart for people to fit into in order to like you know think about it in a high school click way it's like for us rock and metal fans that are just absolutely nuts about this stuff we always kind of got thrown into the corner but as many times as we've gotten thrown in the corner, so many of us are in that corner now. So we've got our own club and it's like, you know, we got our own family and it's like, yeah, yeah, we know what it feels like to be tossed away, tossed to the side. But when we all come together and we all create this whole entire family around ourselves, we get to hang out with these people. We get to see these people and we get to have so much fun and get to feel like ourselves where we're not going to find that necessarily anywhere else. Go to any show, go to any rock or metal festival, and you're going to see that happen through and through because there are people that I have seen and I've met from, God, I don't know how many different walks of life, but we all go to these festivals, all go to these shows, and we all come from completely different places, completely different backgrounds. But in the end, when we're there, it's like the Olive Garden. When we're there, we're family. <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly what and free breadsticks all the free breadsticks you can get could you imagine if the venue started throwing out free breadsticks all the rock and metal fans like this is all great could you yeah imagine, what what if a what if any band decided to do that it's just like well we want you to feel like family so we're basically the olive garden of metal free breadsticks run out, run out breadsticks <laughs> it's a good idea i think i might i might incorporate that one in the next on the next run it might get a oh I was about to say it might get expensive. However, all you have to do is go to the Olive Garden like one time, like once, and just get a bunch as many breadsticks as possible. Just yeah. pour up out of my meat. They're unlimited, right? Yeah, we'll have each member go in and sit at a different table, and then we'll just like you know every stop, every city that we go through in between point A and point B, we'll stop at every Olive Garden, <laughs> fill up a backpack, 
and bro, we could we could get a large amount of breadsticks. You could probably between you guys, you could probably get anywhere between. I would want to guess anywhere between like seventy five to a hundred a night, and yeah, just start throwing them out to people, and then people see what is this, and they start catching like, are these Olive Garden breadsticks? And all of a sudden on stage, <laughs> why don't we throw up breadsticks? Because when it comes to metal, we're like the Olive Garden. When you're here, you're family. That's a good idea. There's a lot of good ideas here. Let's keep them rolling, man. We're just spitballing good ideas here. Oh man, there, I've come. I've heard some crazy, insane ideas on this podcast. I've come from some crazy, insane ideas, but some of the ones that I've heard, it's just it comes from that idea of just how can we connect with the rock and metal family? How can we connect the fans and make them feel like family? And some of them have been outlandish, and I'm like, that really doesn't seem like it would make sense. But then, literally talking about it for a minute, it just. Oh my God, this could actually work. And I've seen <laughs> stuff like that work. There's a band out in uh, the Bay Area in California. They've really focused more on, on like the Japanese culture and a lot of more anime video game kind of stuff. To get their fans that come to the shows, they started bringing Super Smash Bros. and putting it at the merch table. And before the show and in between sets, power it on and have people play with them. I mean, that's a pretty good idea. I, I thought I'm like that doesn't make sense as why because of course there's other bands there but I'm like wait a minute but the fans are coming out because they're gonna play but then all of a sudden oh there's another band going on let's watch that band let's get more into it get to know more yeah. people and then if at the end of the set okay we can all go back and play Smash Bros together and have a blast dude yeah totally and now Earth Groans is gonna be sending out breadsticks uh, yeah we'll <laughs> have breadsticks at our merch table and they're like come and eat some breadsticks with us we'll get so fat. I, I mean, I mean, so many yeah. carbs. Yeah, but if you do it before you go up on stage, and all of a sudden you're gonna burn off those carbs on stage, so right. you That's you true. you might have That's you might just energy. Have some, yeah, it, it, <laughs> we're powered by breadsticks in this band. Ooh, yeah. Honestly, I I kind of want to see it happen. And if it, it, next time you guys are going on the road, if you guys end up, which I hope you guys do, come through Milwaukee, I should just bring a backpack full of breadsticks to the venue. <laughs> see if I can get in with it, and then present yeah. and be like. I got you guys covered. <laughs> Everyone's like, let me check the backpack. And they think that it's drugs or something like that. Oh, it's just breadsticks. You're good to go, man. <laughs> <laughs> or instead of a backpack, what if I made like a makeshift treasure chest? And when I open it up, you just play the Halo theme. Just like, oh. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Full breadsticks. Full of breadsticks. So let me ask you this on this most recent run that you guys did when it came to getting tongue tied out there. Cause I know it was very recent. What was the show that you got that just stood out for you as the most memorable in that time? Because I kind of want to know what crowd was the most memorable and for the next run, especially when you guys come my area, how can we make it even better? Um, let's see. I think, um, so there is a city called, uh, Horseheads, New York. Um, which is just a, a really strange name, but, uh, and I didn't expect the show to do that well because it's kind of like out in the middle of nowhere. And I never heard of Horseheads New York, but it turns out that that's where they host I matter fest. I don't know if you've heard of that one at all, but it's uh, a big, like uh, mental health awareness, uh, suicide awareness, like kind of place. And they have like okay. this festival, they have a festival there every year, apparently. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we played, Horseheads New York and it was packed and the crowd was nuts. So um that one sticks out to me the most just because we had never ever been there, never heard of it until this tour. So uh I would say that was probably the one. Dang, I I kind of get a little bit of an idea of where, you know, why the like why fans would really get into it, especially if they have 
I Matter Fest there, really be able to get into that and get become a part of the musical culture in that aspect. Yeah. But especially even from my standpoint, too, I mean, that's a town I've never even heard of. So it right. does surprise me. However, it also doesn't, given the location, the fact that it's in New York and always when I think about rock and metal, I always think of there are three areas of the country where it's like these shows can just pop off at any moment, anywhere in the Northeast, anywhere in the Midwest and Florida. Oh uh, yeah. I would say, uh, I don't know. There's uh we've had really good luck in, in like uh, Texas. Texas has a huge metal scene. I think mainly because Pantera came from there. So uh, like the Dallas area, um, I don't think we've ever played a bad show there. And then also like, um, California, Anaheim, California, uh, which is Chain Reaction. That's like a famous venue. And that's right outside of L.A. So uh, that usually does really well also. But, yeah. I was like, because even from, from my standpoint, I've been to venues all around the Midwest, and I've seen a couple – I've been to a couple shows, a couple festivals in Florida as well, so I kind of know how that all goes. Yeah. I know people that are in Texas. I know how big it is, but I've never been able to experience that for myself, and I've only been out to right. California once before as well. So I'm going to take yeah. your word for it on this one. Just, again yeah. – if if anyone in the is watching or listening in the comments is like, oh Kevin, you need to like you know come here and check it out, that's just because I haven't been out there yet. You know, we right. we, we got to get me out there. We I got to get some more money and start traveling and being like, yep, I'm gonna go and get in a mosh pit with you guys and you guys yeah. and you guys. I gotta be like Oprah, be like, you get a mosh pit with Kevin and you get a mosh pit with Kevin and you get a mosh pit with Kevin and breadsticks and breadsticks <laughs> and I mean, you gotta bring the breadsticks. You gotta yeah. make it like family. And if That's you right. don't, then what are people going to come for? Well, the music, right. I hope, and, you know, the fun times in the family, but the breadsticks, man, the breadsticks. Bread yeah, dude. Shoot, we should have <laughs> the next three guys go on. <laughs> we should just have Olive Garden sponsor it. Dude, that would be sick. Every day, whoo, that would be like carbo-load before every show. Carbo-load before every show, and then you could start, you know, <laughs> if <laughs> you could tell the venue, you could tell the fans right when you start, like, play one song, it's like, all righty. This 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 show is sponsored by Olive Garden. If you are good, you get free breadsticks. If you are not so good, you get free salad instead. It's an all of a sudden <laughs> people are like, "Well, we want some breadsticks." Yeah, and then the show They'll goes go off hard. every night after that. Yeah, for sure. My God, I kind of want to see, really see you guys do this now. I, I'm I'm very <laughs> very very interested in this and kind of taking a look a little bit more of the history of the band too. I mean, you've been pretty much doing this for at least, I think eight years now since 2015, but I was running through yeah. it. It was, you've been really sticking to the EP game. There really hasn't been much of a yeah. full album, you know, release. Why have you been sticking so much to EPs throughout your whole entire career with earth groans? Uh, yeah, that was just something that I've, I've always wanted to do. Like when I started this band, I was like, I want this band to be an EP uh, an EP band. Um, and I kind of saw, you know, there's uh, the reasoning behind some of the, like th this idea is like, a, I kind of saw the industry going this way where it's like EPs, um, like three song, three to, to five song EPs, singles, stuff like that. You know, as streaming is taking over, like being relevant is more, almost more important than just like putting out music. You know, you have to like constantly be in front of people to like remind people that you exist because people forget about you so fast. Um, and then, you know, just like, uh, attention spans you know attention spans are short even like for me to listen to a full length some it's really hard sometimes like even with bands that i really like i'll get five songs in and i'm like okay i want to listen to something else now you know so 
excuse me um that was like kind of uh a month like kind of an idea um and then also you know just being able to write focus on five really good songs versus like five good songs and five fillers because writing 10 songs in like in a year or year and a half is kind of hard like to keep it fluid um so usually when i write a record i'll write um you know six to like 10 songs and then pick the five best you know that way we're 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 doing quality over quantity um so yeah and then so when we talked to uh when solid state we first had our first call with solid state uh they asked you know what do you guys want to do and i'm like well this is kind of what i want to do and i pitched this whole this whole idea and they're like uh yeah we love it let's go for it and i was like sick i was really nervous about it but um i don't know it's been uh it's it seems to be going pretty well um i don't know what we'll do in the future if we're gonna keep that same idea of like just doing eps or uh, we just with this last ep we concluded our um contract with solid state so i don't know you know if we're gonna resign or we're gonna look somewhere else or we're just gonna go independent i don't know but um yeah, the EP thing has been cool and it's been fun. So I don't know. We might keep doing it. Might not. I don't know. We'll see. I had a feeling when I was looking through it, just that the way that the industry had been going, especially with streaming, I thought that might be a major player in it. And Mm -hmm. I have to commend you for that. Absolutely. Because again, taking a look back at this and, you know, starting in 2015, releasing your first EP in 2017, releasing EPs almost every single year subsequent to that. What it has done is what you said, where when it comes to how people are consuming music these days, especially on a streaming service, it's the attention span is less because people are, from my, from how I look at it, people aren't as invested in the music as much as they once were. And I look at it in a sort of a mon- like a monetary way when people were, you know, listening to vinyl albums or listening to CDs or even downloading the stuff on iTunes, you were still paying for this. And you're paying to, you know, own it. So when you had it and you had that physical copy of it, you wanted to make, you wanted to give it as much of a chance as possible. So you wanted to make sure you listen to all 10 or all 12 of those songs. You wanted to ensure that you gave it a shot and that you really got your money's worth out of it because you didn't want to, you don't waste money. You were more invested in the sound. So you're going to try and get more out of it. The way that streaming is done today, it's, you know, you pay however much is for Spotify or Apple music per month and that's it. So all this new music is coming out and you can take a listen to it, but you're not as invested in it. So I understand where you're coming from. It's like you have that full length album from a band you like, you get five songs in, and if you're not as fully invested into it, then you have a more of an incentive to just jump to a different artist or jump to a different song if you don't feel that way. But the relevancy thing that you brought up is the thing that absolutely stands out, but as much as I'm like, you know, I wish it was still, you know, people could release albums and it was like you got to really experience that and really get a look at that. The, the times have just changed. And with the mm-hmm. focus so much more on streaming, trying to just stay relevant might be a bigger challenge in that as well. Because you, from your standpoint, you're putting out, you know, EPs that only have three or five songs. So you're putting out less music, but you're making sure the quality is there. But it's still you're on a consistent release cycle with these things. So you're constantly trying to what you do what you can do to put out that quality, put out the music you want, and also continue to stay relevant and not get lost in the shuffle of so many bands releasing music, so many bands vying for that attention, and people having those shorter attention spans because they're not as invested given the current state of how music is consumed today. Right. Yeah. I agree with all that. 
It's it's been something I've been thinking about and something I've been kind of talking about a little bit more. And I mean, it just it, it just makes sense. I've seen how some of the bands and some of these artists that are really starting to get big or really have been getting big kind of go that route as well and seeing how you kind of were more on the earlier side of things. Mm-hmm. It, it, I'm wondering, you know, when it comes to the next thing you guys are going to do, especially with the contract with SolidSafe being over, where are you guys going to go from there? And because it seems like you might be ahead on things, you can take a look at it and see, okay, is SolidSafe going to be the way to go? Is maybe a different record label going to be the way to go? Or is going independent going to be the way to go? You have a, you know, the, the world is your oyster, but at a certain yeah. point in time, you have all the resources available to understand where it's coming from because there's so many bands that are trying to do the independent thing now. However, you guys have worked with a label for a number of EPs already throughout your career. So you know how that process works and you know when it comes to the things that you've experienced, what you like, what you don't like, and you can make a better decision off of that for the band so that going forward, Earth Groans continue, uh, continues to still grow at the pace and continues to bring you happiness in the way that it should. Yeah, definitely. And I hope it keeps on doing that. Have I mean, you, have you been, you guys been wrestling with that decision lately? Especially, I mean, the EP had just dropped, so maybe it's not something you haven't really focused in on, focusing more on touring. But have you guys been really giving that a lot of thought in terms of what you're going to do uh, going forward? Yeah, I mean, I'm to be honest, I have really have no idea what I'm going to do. Um, so I've just been writing. I mean, uh, yeah, the EP just dropped, but I've been working on writing, you know, since it's been done six months ago or something. So I already have like new material written, um, not completed yet, but we have new stuff that we're working on and everything. Um, and really, most likely what I'm, what's going to happen is we'll just write these songs uh, probably pitch to a few different labels just to see what's out there and then, you know, see what comes back and see what we're feeling. Um, if we get, um, if there's a label that really wants us or, you know, offers us a deal, we can't refuse oh, deal. We can't refuse, you know, then we'll, we'll jump on it. But, uh, most, I mean, there's a good chance also that we might just go independent because, uh, you know, it'd be cool to actually make money off of our streaming <laughs> <laughs> because we've never we've never seen a check and we probably never will because um, our label gets most of that. But uh, that's just that's the world we live in now. But um, yeah, so I don't know. We'll. Uh, yeah, like you said, the world's our oyster. So we're just going to like see how things roll out for right now. I think the main focus is really just, you know, uh, you know, getting out there and touring as much as we can on this on this record. So. Yeah, and when it comes to the tour that you guys just did on that record, and I know you guys are doing more tours, was that your guys' first tour post-COVID, or have you guys been touring much more beyond that, or earlier no, than that, after yeah. you know, the whole pandemic shit happened? Yeah, I want to say that was probably our fifth or sixth. So we've done quite a nice. few uh, since, yeah. So I'm I'm always, uh, we're usually always pretty active touring, and like I was like, Man, I, we maybe even jumped the gun trying to get back into touring. Like we started touring in March last year, whatever year when things opened up. But we, you know, it was hard because there was so many mandates in place, mm-hmm. and um, we uh, we fought a lot of things. And I mean, a lot of people didn't feel safe coming out the shows mm-hmm. still. So we did a lot of tours where um, it just like the you know turnouts were not great, and uh, 
you know, things were pretty slow coming back. And I kind of half questioned, I was like, maybe, maybe we should not be touring or maybe we're not going to be able to tour anymore. But things have really opened up, you know, the last like six months. Um, and then this year, I think pretty much everybody is touring. So, which has its own struggles because, mm -hmm. yeah, like it's great, obviously, that uh, everyone's able to tour now and the music scenes back to normal. But everyone is touring now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if, uh, we're playing uh, Milwaukee, you know, there's chances are, you know, there's going to be four or five other shows happening that week because everybody's touring. So people like, you know, they pick and choose what shows they're going to go to. And, uh, you know, I get it. You can't afford to go to like a show, you know, five times a week. So you're going to, you know, Earth Grown's coming to town, Born with Cyrus is coming to town, Silent Planet's coming to town, Fit for King coming to town. You know, it's like, what show are you going to pick to go to? And it's like, well, Earth Grown's probably going to be pretty far down on the list as far as like, you know, bands to see. Um, and uh, so that's that's a tough thing. That's a struggle that we're going to face, you know, this this upcoming year. So. But uh, either way, I mean, I'm I'm just glad that we're we're able to tour. There's always going to be something that we're competing with, no matter like whether it's COVID or other tours mm -hmm. or whatever, you know. So it's just part of like the touring thing, you know. So also but. the two things I kind of want to speak to that. The first one is like when you guys first got back on tour, because with the whole entire you know maybe low turnout because of the whole entire COVID thing, that might have been maybe March of 21. Because I still remember I was begging to go see a show like around March and April of 2021. I'm like I need something. And yeah. the first real show I got to go see, it was literally a show at a bar that had like maybe 200 people there. But I'm like, this just feels good to be back in the crowd again, yeah. hanging out with everybody. And then once the, and I saw a bunch of bands too, that were trying to tour at that exact same time to just kind of get something going. And there was always a lot of animosity because people were afraid of potentially going out just based on everything that was still going out with COVID, all the different things right. with vaccinations. And then sometimes people didn't feel safe or people didn't want to have that happen again based off of safety and just we're giving bands yeah. some shit. And I even thought about it. I said, give it another like six months when everybody is touring again. That's going to be forgotten about. And then literally six months after, like I think it was like four months after, two no, from that show I saw, two months after that, I went to my first festival for since the pandemic. It was like two mm -hmm. months after. I'm like, yep, we're back. This is good stuff. And now with everyone touring, from my standpoint, I love it because I get to see so many different bands and so many different acts, but the problem does come in where they're, everyone is touring all at once where I can't see everyone I want to see. Right. And a kind of an example is on, uh, well, a couple days after we record this here in Milwaukee, uh, the Queensryche tour is coming through to Milwaukee, which is like, cool. I want to go see that. That's fantastic too. But literally in the exact same venue, Steel Panther is going to be there with Crowbot. And I've interviewed both Steel Panther and Crowbot before. Oh, I'm like, sick. I want to go see that too, but right. which one do I pick? And then yeah. there's a bunch of other shows happening here this week or over that, that next weekend. But it's just like, okay, I've got friends that are playing out in Madison, Wisconsin. I want to go see them, but there's shows I want to see in Milwaukee. So which one do I pick? I know of a lot of good shows that are happening around my area over that same weekend, but I'm going out to Chicago because I want to go see rise against play two nights in a row. But sure. I'm, so I got to pick and choose. There's only so many places we can be and money wise too. We can only spend our money on so many different things before we're like, shit, we're broken. No one's going to, not many people are going to go as crazy as me and try and see four to five shows a week. If we can, maybe it's like one a week or maybe one every other week. So that ends up coming into play too, where you have to be more picky and choosy instead of just, okay, this show is coming here. I want to go see the show. Let's go. It's yep. you have all these options and maybe you can only pick from one or two. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's very accurate. And that's one, I mean, that's a problem that we see all the time. Uh, so if we get the option to play some of the B markets, like uh, Idaho Falls, Idaho, mm-hmm. instead of playing like Boise, we'll play like Idaho Falls because they don't get shows very often. And so when there is a show, people are freaking stoked. You know, that's how it is here in South Dakota. Like we're like a C market probably because it's so small, but like, and you know, shows go to Fargo, M- Minneapolis uh, or Des Moines, you know, so we get skipped a lot of the time. So when there is a show, people are like, yo, there's a show. Let's freaking go. <laughs> so everybody comes out, you know? So that's kind of like uh, the cool thing about, you know, or a one way to like tour around some of the other things that are happening is just play some of the smaller markets. So I always say smaller the scene. What do I say? Smaller the the size of the city, the bigger the show. I mean, that's not always hundred percent true. But like, if we play, you know, Chicago, yeah, the night that we're in Chicago, there's probably four or five other bands there too. So, you know, competing with other stuff. So, yeah, smaller though, markets usually usually almost work better. Yeah, even though like the Chicago metropolitan area is incredibly large when you have to compete between four or five different bands on the same night, but then you're also competing with that over the course of the next, like, you know, competing with those four or five same bands, not only that night, but it compounds because that's going to happen every single night. So people yeah. have to be picky and choose about what they want to go and see. They're going to pick on what their preference is. And if you're playing and all of a sudden, you know, you fit for a King fit for a Kings coming through on that tour. They just finished up with alpha wolf and, uh, uh, North Lane, yeah, people are probably might be like, you know, I kind of want to go to that just because they might be more connected to those bands than Earth Grounds. Yeah. But if you go to those smaller markets, it's going to – I can see exactly where you're coming from there. People are going to be psyched because there's a show that's going to be coming towards them, especially if they like heavier music. Now this is their chance to be seeing a, a show with a touring band that's coming there. It might not be, you know, the possibility of getting as many people as you, can, as you could, but the people that are going to be there are going to be there – and be present during that show and really give you guys the time of day and the focus that you guys deserve when it comes to playing these shows. It makes a lot of sense. And I have to applaud you for the move again. Look at, look at what you guys have done with the EPs. seems like when it comes to doing these things, you're looking into these things and being a little bit more ahead of the curve instead of just trying to do what the conventional wisdom would say from five years ago. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, so my real job is I own a recording studio. So I've been doing business like entrepreneur style business for, you know, uh, since I was 20 uh, is when I started my studio and stuff. And I've always been very business minded. So everything that I do, I try to do with strategy you know to make the best of what i'm doing and i mean music is like arts in general it's like i think what do they say like 80 percent business and 20 percent creative so even like when you're working in the art field it's like yeah you are like creating art but you still like if you want to be successful with your art it's still going to be a lot of strategy a lot of business ideas and stuff um so yeah you're going to be doing uh eight like 80 percent business and only 20% is actually going to be the art that you want to be creating. So you have to be like, I feel like you have to be good in both. And that's why some bands just like hire managers because they're like, you know, we're creatives and we don't know what to do with the things that we create. So we need somebody to help us along the way. So I try to do, you know, I try to be smart with everything that I'm doing. So to get the best outcome of the art that I'm creating, because I'm, I'm very passionate about the art that I'm creating. So I want to make the best out of it and not just let it, you know, get wasted i guess so yeah and i can understand that too from my standpoint with the podcast i love doing the creative side of things 
But when I was in college, I studied economics. So I have to know mm-hmm. the, like the business, I mean, how that stuff works. And there was a time where all of a sudden I kind of got in that same mode where a lot of those, a lot of artists, a lot of bands get into where you enjoy the doing the creative stuff so much where you kind of forget about the business side of things. Mm-hmm. And I've been working with some guys. And it's like, okay, now it's like we're talking about the business stuff and kind of basically debunking some of those old habits. And on, as my uh, boss say, my full-time job, unlocking my 10 pound brain and actually shut like getting this stuff going. And from your standpoint, working the rec- using, you know, running recordings to working in the business side of things, you have a lot more of that focus on that knowledge as well. So that when it comes to working alongside earth Grounds and really being the create also creative force for the band as well, your mind is still going to be able to shift between creative and business. So you're going to be able to make the best business decisions possible because when it comes to what you do also on, you know, for a job as well, you're focused in on that and they kind of tie together to really make yourself specifically more of this centralized piece to really take care of both, you know, work on the creative side of things for the for, for your art, for the band, but also drive that business, drive the business strategies, drive the different ideas for marketing, better ideas for efficiency when it comes to making money, everything around there to really make sure that what with your art, you can not only continue to make art, but succeed with it in the long run when a lot of people as unfortunate as it is, forget to do some of that things and fizzle out. Yeah, for sure. And kind of like everyone needs a little bit of that push, but maybe every artist might need a little bit of that like mentorship idea. And the what you said kind of, you know, 80% business, 20% creative. What people want to do is they want to get to a point where they can pay enough people to take care of the 80% of the business so they yeah. can just focus on the 20% of the creative. But early on, you're not going to have the money to do that. So you got to learn right. the business side of things so you can get to that point, but then also have that background in there. So when it comes to finding the people that are going to have that business acumen to it, you're be able to connect with the right people and not people that are just going to try and, you know, scam you and take your money. Yeah, for sure. And it's crazy too. Cause like I, when I started earth Grounds, I had to learn so many, um, skill sets that I didn't ever think that I would need to know. It's like, I needed to learn Photoshop. I needed to learn, uh, video editing. Um, I needed to learn marketing and it's like, you have to be, if you want to be like successful or you want to do this band thing and you want to be DIY and not have to pay other people because all that stuff to pay other people to do all these things is very expensive. If you want to like, if you had to pay somebody to do a a show flyer, that's 50, 50 to a hundred bucks right there. And you're like, that's probably going to be what you're like half of your guarantee, you know? So I had to like learn a lot of these skill sets. So if you're listening and you're thinking about starting a band or whatever, like be prepared, like you might need to learn to like you know acquire some of these skill sets and it's like really intimidating but as i've been acquiring these skill sets like well i'm stronger than ever you know Mm -hmm. because now i have all these extra skill sets that i've been able to you know learn i'm not like amazing at like video editing or like photoshop or anything like that but i have enough uh you know enough skill set and enough know-how to like get around and like Mm -hmm. accomplish you know things for marketing and stuff like that so it's just it's just really interesting because you don't think about some of that stuff when you're like thinking about how you're starting your business or whatever. So another kind of aspect to that too is especially if you're in a band, how to use that to your strength as well. Say you have, you know, four or five members in a band and you are looking to do all this business side of things, but you have to learn all these different skill sets. Maybe one of the guys in the band, maybe one of the girls' band, maybe they really have gotten a better background or they have that skill set in Photoshop or Adobe right. or video editing, audio editing, or when it comes to just different things with marketing, when it comes to 
like when running the numbers, everything around there, you can divvy up those responsibilities and people can learn those skill sets in your band and continue to grow the band, but they can focus in on things that might interest them more or they have a better skill set. in. so you're even a little bit further ahead than if it was just, you know, fully DIY. If you're just one person trying to do it, it's tough. I know with the podcast, I'm a one man show here, so I totally understand it. And there's things even I'm probably doing right now that, you know, aren't the most, intelligent or the most efficient in the business side of things. But you know what? Maybe it's things that might be working now or might not work in the long run, but we got to make those changes. You got to learn those skill sets. And if I was still doing the same things I was doing back in, you know, 2019, 2020 with the podcast and doing them today, there'd be no way in hell that I'd be in a position where I am right now. It's you got to learn. You got to keep growing. You got to keep learning to the point where you can make that money. You can become successful and you can get and hire people to do all this stuff for you while you continue to make money and focus on the creative side. It's a whole process, but then you're still building up your skill set in the long run. And think about it as a constant improving and not something that you have to do. That's going to be a drag. Think about it as improvement for yourself as a whole. Yeah. And about a big part of just being successful is like the willingness to like pivot and like, I guess like restructure as the industry is shaping and changing, you know, I mean the music, industry that I grew up with, like when I I started listening and playing music when I was young, like, um, you know, 13, 14. And like that industry is totally completely different than the industry is now. Back then, bands would tour with bands they were friends with. And they would, you know, everybody came out to shows because there were shows happening. And like, you know, there wasn't streaming online, people came out to find new music to, Mm -hmm. you know, find new bands. But now it's like everything is like at your disposal, like on your phone, your whatever, your laptop. So it's definitely different where, you know, it's not based about around selling records. Now it's about streaming numbers and like indirect uh, crowd interaction online and stuff. So it is totally different, but you have to be willing and, and, and able to like shift with things as they're moving. You can't be that dude. That's like, no, this is how I've always done it. This is how I want to do it. I mean, you can, you can do that. If you just want to do it the way you want to do it, I mean, fine, more power to you, but most likely it's going to be harder for you to succeed um, you know, in the, in the industry. So it's, it's interesting. But even think about this, go back like maybe 15, go back like 15 years, go back to 2008 when mm-hmm. social media was still in its more relative infancy and right. the folks were still on selling records because streaming really hadn't been brought to the forefront until maybe another year or two years later. Mm-hmm. And think about the bands that were big then. And then the bands that are big now that were also around during that time. What always you take a look at what kind of ended up happening was the bands that were big then, but haven't really, you know, grown or maybe have gone by the wayside. A lot of the reason might be because they may have got complacent. They haven't gone with those shifting ways of the music industry. And that can be, and that's, and that's similar to any kind of business or any kind of reality as well. But the bands that end up looking at how the, how the music industry was going, how they can continue to deliver the music they want to make and continue to deliver the message they want but work within the new ways the music industry is moving. Those are the bands that have continued to grow and stayed relevant of, over the course of time. And now it's like those bands, they might be playing arenas right now where those other bands that, you know, were on top of the, on top of the world at that point and thought they would be playing arenas might be playing club shows, still do a good amount of people. Don't get me wrong. It's still a good amount of people, but maybe it's somewhere they could be doing, they could have gone even further had they adapted a little bit more to the changing of the times. Right. Yeah, totally agree. And I'm not saying changing, adapting in terms of changing the sound. It's kind of 
the way that you're delivering your music to people and the way that you're connecting with fans as well to generate that growth. It's not all about, oh, you know, people are liking hip hop now. So we're going to go from death metal to just start rapping. Right. No, 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 no. Yeah. Not like that. It's again, think about 2008. How, you know, how much more important was it to sell records and also get people out to shows where now it's again, streaming numbers, connecting with people online and drive the interaction so that when the shows come, people want to come out for the experience because they're not coming out to discover new music. We can do that online now rather right. easily. We want to go yeah. to the shows because there's an experience to be had that we just cannot get online. There were streaming yeah. concerts during the pandemic. It, I'll tell you, they were not the same. It, it, yeah, it, it felt a not. lot different and it didn't feel yeah. as good because you weren't connecting and weren't feeling that passion, that power as seeing live music. Just the energy of the music, like flowing through you, like it's a, it's definitely a different a different thing. Um, yeah, like even like I fought when TikTok came out, I fought it hard. I'm like, I'm not not doing TikTok, no way. Um, but I'm like, okay, all right, let's take a step back. I'm not gonna be an old dude right now and like be a stubborn old dude. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna try and like start doing TikTok, but I'm gonna do it my way. So I started doing you know covers, you know, mm -hmm. and covers have been like great because they have made me a better vocalist. They have uh, like helped me reach a whole demographic that maybe I wouldn't normally get to reach stuff like that. So because I've been doing TikTok, like we see a lot, like a lot of fans are coming out to our shows because they found me on TikTok and like, Oh, this guy's in a band sick, you know? So it's cool. It's cool how it translates. Yeah. And I had to do something similar too with, cause I seen how people have been driving to TikTok. I started that for myself, trying to create something around there. But recently, I just jumped off of it and stopped doing it because, from my standpoint, to try and get people drive people to the podcast, it, TikTok was not was not working, and it was sure. it's just because you can't put a link in the bio or any you can't you can yeah. only put a link in the bio if you reach a certain number of uh, followers, oh, and you yeah. can't put a link in like the a clickable link in like the comments or anything or like the, in yeah. the post. It doesn't work. So I'm like, I, it's really hard to drive people to do that because. It keeps them on the app. When it comes to music discovery, though, when all of a sudden you see something pop off, you see that sound pop off, and you get that song, that sound gets captured, you get to see the name of the song and the artist. So you can easily search it up and go to it. But it's still right. with that whole entire real concept and the short form content concept. YouTube implemented it, Facebook implemented it, Instagram implemented it. I can use that type of content on those platforms. And make it my way, be, make it my way because I can put the links in there. I can put the links to that those shorts in my Instagram bio and have people click on that. Or I can start sending those out to people as like little tidbits to potentially get them interested if I'm having a one-on-one -on -one interaction with them. So it like, sure. even though I'm not on that platform, not that specific platform, I'm using what that platform has brought and adapting it to what I need to do. So yeah, it, it sure. kind of all works out in that weird way. It's again. No matter what industry, a part of the music industry in, or any industry as a whole, as times change, you either have to adapt with it or you're going to die. Simple <laughs> as that. True. Yeah. Yeah. And Jimmy, I know you got to get going to your next one. So I want to say once, or how do I say this? As we bring this podcast to conclusion, I almost forgot about this. I want to give my, I always like to give my guests, which is you in this instance, a chance to say whatever yep. you want to say, plug where you want to plug, promote or promote at the end of the episode. So Jeremy, the sure. floor is yours. 
Yeah, uh, obviously, we just dropped the new EP, Tongue Tied. Go check that out. It's on all of the streaming platforms. Uh, we're going to be rolling out um, a whole new line of merch coming out here soon, uh, probably in the next few weeks. Uh, we're also going to have vinyl for that new record. It's being printed right now, uh, but the wait time on vinyl is pretty, like, no idea like when it's going to be ready so we're just sitting around kind of uh trying to get um a deadline on that but uh we don't know when that will be yet but keep your eyes on our pages uh we have a website earthgrownsmusic.com um you know we're on all the socials uh you can follow uh my tiktok personally if you want to see the covers that i'm doing or i also post them on uh my instagram but jeremy groans or jeremy underscore groans is the hash or not the hashtag the handle mm-hmm. uh that's both the same on instagram and tiktok and then of course you can follow earth groans on uh instagram facebook twitter all that stuff too so well, keep yeah and then uh, a couple more tours coming out uh, later this year also so keep your eyes you know peeled for that stuff well said now i'm just gonna get this all in under a minute now it's time for you to end this podcast with three things first things first when it comes to earth groans when it comes to the tongue tied dp and when it comes to make sure you're ready for those tours to come out when that new merch comes out and to get those vinyls when they're ready what you want to do is follow along with earth groans and follow along with jeremy online as well you know facebook twitter instagram tiktok on youtube where you can find them online website where you can buy the merch you can Find where they're going to be playing next, where you can stream music on Spotify, Apple Music, all that all that stuff. Instead of having to search all that stuff up yourself to make sure that you guys can easily do it, you know, we want to make sure it's easy as possible. Just go to the description of the podcast, say find Earth Groans online, links for everything and labels for everything as well. So all you have to do is click that link and follow, like, share, listen to your favorite one. It's all going to be there for you. Make it as easy as possible. I'm doing all the work. All you got to do is click and you're on your way. Now it's time for number two, Jim. Whenever I have guests on the podcast, I enjoy it on the podcast. I tend to make a certain promise to them. And this one has not broken the streak, man. This streak continues on. So my promise to you is this. It is not an if. It is not an if. It is a when I get to see you perform live for the first time. I'm going to go all Liam Neeson on you. I will look for you. <laughs> I will find you. And one of two things will happen. It'll either be first rounds on me or I'm bringing breadsticks. One of the two. <laughs> Sick. So, so when you come to Milwaukee, just get ready because if you see the crazy guy from the pit and the Brewers hat walk up and saying, "Hi," he's gonna be me. Yeah. Sick, cool. And Jeremy, as we bring this podcast to conclusion, I cannot end this by saying goodbye. That is way too final because I made you a promise, and I'd love to have you back in the podcast again in the future because this was a lot of fun, especially talking about the music oh. industry, the bread six idea, everything around there. So, saying goodbye, <laughs> nah. I gotta All end right. by saying, I'll see you later. We. Well, well, folks, I've been with Jimmy from the band Earth Groans, and now it is time for Kevin's final thought. And I want to go to the breadsticks thing, honestly, because we just come up with some great ideas, but the breadsticks thing also kind of funnels into Jeremy's idea of being ahead of the curve. Again, the whole entire idea with the EP when it comes to you know, doing these EPs instead of just doing full-length albums to allow them to stay more relevant in the ever-changing music scene and how music is consumed, especially on streaming services. The focus on more of the business side of things when being in a band, as he said, is 20% about being in the business side or 80% of being on the business side, my bad, 20% on the creative side. Again, 80% business, 20% creative. But being able to stay ahead of the curve and all that, be able to stay ahead of the curve on those changing trends, 
allows them to do more things that is going to be successful for them in the long run. On top of that, the idea to go and maybe check out some of those, you know, B or C markets so that they are the like the top show in town and they're able to get those people out there. Sure, you know, maybe they're not going to be getting as many people as maybe they would go into Chicago or go into a major market, but then they're not competing with four or five other bands that night and competing with four or five other bands every night for the rest of the week. Because people only have a certain amount of money to go see shows. Not everyone is like us that's going to go and see a show, you know, once every night or like four or five times a week, even two times a week, even one time a week. So got to make sure we take that into consideration. On top of that, again, the whole breadstick thing, again, it's staying relevant and it's something that'll bring more people out to the shows. It kind of goes back to what we talked about with uh, Lucrezia with the whole Smash Bros idea. And I, I think about it in terms of, if you're in a band, you know, definitely focus on the business things as well because that's a very important thing. Build up that skill set like Jeremy had said. But when it comes to the shows as well, again, people can discover music different in online. People don't go to live shows to discover new music anymore. It doesn't happen. There's some of us that still do. I mean, I discovered Ice Nine Kills and how much I love them because of a live show. But the majority of the bands I see now is because I found out about them beforehand. I want to go see what they're like playing live. Probably the most recent one I found out about that I had not really listened to was when I went to go see the Until I We Until I We Until I Wake show with Dark Divine and Catch Your Breath. They had discrepancies open for me. Discrepancies was a lot of fun. I want to bring them to the podcast, honestly. But when it comes to the majority of the bands, I already know who they are. I've already talked to them. I already heard their music, and it's a different way to figure out about them. But what makes me want to go to those shows is because it's an experience. And if you get breadsticks at a show, especially from Olive Garden, you're just family there. Oh, yeah. So when it comes to Earth Groans and following them online, make sure you stream and listen to Tongue Tide. Buy some merch. Be able to connect with them online and, you know, know when they're playing live shows. Description of the podcast is find Earth Groans online. Go and click on your favorite link to follow along with the band and support them in any given way. Also, make sure you're following along with the Corporate Grudge Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, sometimes even Twitter as well. No more TikTok, though. You can connect with them on all those different platforms as well. We post everything around there, around the podcast, some crazy videos as well. On top of that, we're doing a lot more connection now, especially on Facebook. So come say hi to us. Also, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. If you're on YouTube right now, hit that subscribe button. If you're on Spotify podcast or any other place like I heard on Amazon, hit that follow or subscribe button. Become a follower subscriber. And I want to thank you for supporting this podcast. Also want to thank Phoenix Fitness. Remember, 20% use code CPP20 at FNXFit.com. Link to the podcast. Thank you, Jeremy. Cannot wait to jump in that pit. Go nuts to some of your music and throw out them breadsticks. So on that note... That's going to be for me, guys. Thank you for watching listening to the Chord Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one. of a big, healthy, and hearty. See ya! Yeah!